Hi, everybody. I'm Carmi. And this is Cassandra. And we are Too, Too Good, Good to, to Be, be true. true. And this week, we are doing Elizabeth Holmes. We're not doing her, but... <laughs> My gosh, this took a turn real quick. <laughs> we're we're going to be talking... Elizabeth Holmes. We're going to be talking about her <laughs> verbally, and that's it. Anyway, I'm just going to jump right in because... A lot of information. Though. Yeah, and I don't have anything that I really need to say. So... Elizabeth Holmes was born February 3rd, 1984 in Washington, D.C. And her father was Christian Rasmus Holmes IV. That sounds fancy. I know, right? He was the vice president of Enron. Do you remember oh, Enron? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, okay, I know so Enron. I might actually end up doing an episode on Enron at some point because um, that's got its own little scandal. So, like I said, it has its own thing, so... It was an energy company that went bankrupt mm-hmm. after yeah, after accounting fraud. And I remember the whole thing going down, like, and listening to it on the bus and everything in the morning. Like, our bus driver would have the news on, and they'd be talking about them being caught, like, shredding documents and stuff. So, Holy shit. Yeah, that's who he was. And uh, he later held executive positions in USAID, which is the U.S. Agency for International Development, EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency, and USTDA, which is the U.S. Trade and Development Agency. Her mother, Noelle Ann, worked as a congressional committee staffer. So some more family stuff. Okay. Okay, I'm getting the pol- political and the And the money. And the money. Her great-great-grandfather on her father's side was Charles Louis Fleischmann, the Hungarian immigrant who founded Fleischmann's Yeast. And her family was interesting. Yeah, her family was very proud of their yeast empire, and they were once one of the richest families in America because of that. Wow. And Elizabeth was always kind of a little inventor. She tried to build a time machine when she was seven. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) And at nine, she told her family she wanted to be a billionaire when she grew up. Hmm. Yeah. She attended St. John's School in Houston, Texas, after they moved. And she actually started her first business in high school, selling C++ compilers to Chinese universities. Yeah, so I figured a lot of people don't know what that even is. Yeah, what the hell is that? Yeah. So C++ is a high-level general purpose programming language. So it's just for programmers. Oh, okay. Like coding and stuff. Okay. And a compiler is a computer program that translates computer code written in one language, a.k.a. the source language, into another Another language, language. which would be called the target language. Okay. So it's like C++ is a programming language, and the compiler is what translates that language to another language. Okay. I don't even know if that's how you say it technically. Like, I don't know if it's actually supposed to be pronounced C++ or if it has some kind of other thing i'm not a computer person i don't know man me either elizabeth was also taking mandarin chinese with a home tutor and eventually she began studying at stanford university's mandarin program then she ended up going to college at stanford starting in 2002 where she stuttered stuttered (laughs) she stuttered she studied chemical engineering and worked as a student researcher and lab assistant in the school of engineering Also in 2002, during a trip to Beijing as part of Stanford University's Mandarin program, Elizabeth met tech entrepreneur Ramesh Sunny Balwani. Good old Sunny. Yep, who was born in Pakistan and later relocated to India and then the U.S. And I will just refer to him as Sunny or Balwani, but mostly Sunny from now on. 
I slip up and throw in the last name. Same dude. Right. Sonny was 19 years older than a then 18 Elizabeth. And dude was married. So when they first when met, they first he met was in married. 2002, okay. he was married to another woman. Good to know. He divorced in 2002 and began dating Elizabeth in 2003. They moved with some quickness. They were like, "Hey, hi. I love you. Let's date." Sonny and Elizabeth then moved into an apartment together in 2005. So they're serious. It's weird because when I was watching the little, like, documentary type thing that I watched about her, Mm -hmm. it seemed like they were working together first, and then, like, nobody really, they kept it on the DL, basically. Yeah, that's my next, (laughs) that is my next point, actually. I was going to say, Sonny didn't officially join Theranos as chief operating officer until 2009, but he had been advising Elizabeth from the beginning. So you were right. They were working together. And they kept their relationship a secret for most of the time they were operating the company before Sonny ended up leaving after the investigation began in 2016. And he claims to have quit, but Elizabeth says she fired him. But who knows who you can believe out of those two. True facts. During her trial, Elizabeth stated that she'd been raped while at Stanford and she sought uh, comfort in Sonny, but that he was controlling and abusive after their relationship officially began. I can't imagine her being the quote-unquote beta in that relationship. I feel, I see her as more of an alpha. I really don't know. But it's like hard to say. Yeah, I don't see either one of them as beta or alpha. I think they're just... Well suited, really. They're well, they're kind well of matched. like two of the same. Yeah, because they they're two peas in a pod. Basically, could just talk out their ass. Is mm-hmm. The best thing to say about it. Yeah. Well, Sonny denies the claims that he was controlling and abusive. He calls them false and inflammatory. So who knows? Like who I knows? said, who knows between it's the like two one of person them. against another person, and whenever it's a situation like that, who knows? Right. And after her freshman year of college. She worked in a lab at the Genome Institute of Singapore. And there, she tested for none other than the coronavirus through the collection of blood samples. So she's, oh, wow. Yeah, she was doing research on corona. And she filed her first patent application for a wearable drug delivery patch in 2003. Also in 2003, she founded Real-Time Cures in Palo Alto, California to, as she said, democratize healthcare. She says she's afraid of needles, and that's why she wanted to develop a way of testing. Using that was only, a big thing in yeah, the documentary. Yeah, she only wanted to use a few drops of blood and a simple prick because she's scared of needles, which is a common fear. As a lot of people are. Yeah. I don't care. I can watch somebody just insert a needle straight into my arm and just be like, hmm, that's filling up rather quickly. I don't but, like it. Yeah, not, not a lot of people are fans of that. I mean, I'm not exactly a fan either, but... I can handle it. A lot of people I can handle it. I don't like watching it. Like, I'm okay with having it done. I just don't like watching it. I I look away. It's not that I enjoy watching it. It's just like, I want to know when it's done. I don't like it. I don't want this pinchy thing on my arm in the needle. So I, like, watch it to be like, oh, thank God, it's finally done. And she pitched this idea to her medicine professor, Phyllis Gardner, who told her that she didn't think it would work. 
Gardner explained to Elizabeth that it was impossible to use such a small amount of blood for testing. Right. Then she was told by several other professors that it would not work until she, she was told multiple times. She was by multiple people. Everybody was it's like, "No." Kind of a very intricate process that I don't think she fully understood. Like, I think she had a good concept, a good idea. Yeah, it would have been. It's great in theory she, if you well, could have pulled theory. it off. I, I mean, I wish you could do it, but the fact is that you just can't. Can't. It's physically impossible. Right. Yeah. And she finally succeeded in getting her advisor and dean of the School of Engineering, Channing Robertson, to back her idea. Mm-hmm. Then later in 2003, she changed the name of the company to Theranos, which is a combo of both therapy and diagnosis. Yeah. In March of 2004, she dropped out of Stanford. And she removed, she used, I don't know why I can't speak. Apparently I've That's got okay. rented lips again today. I got, a, I got a new set. A new set. <laughs> These are on rent. She used her remaining tuition money as seed funding for Theranos. So Elizabeth, she really greatly admired Steve Jobs. And she copied yeah. his style wearing only black turtleneck only black. sweaters. And so they asked her about it in an interview, and Uh they were like, hey, why do you only wear black turtlenecks? And she gave this whole spiel about she doesn't want to have to commit any energy to worrying about how she looks because she just wants to focus on the work. And she's like, like, I I have multiple of the same outfits. She's like, I just get up and wear the same thing. And I just get up and put it on. Right. And so I can invest more energy. And the funny thing was that the um, interviewer was just like, hey, that sounds a lot like Steve Jobs, doesn't it? And she was well, just like, no. Because and she, then she like, just, like, stonewalled him. that yeah. interview. We're like, just admit it. It's fine. Just admit it. We know if you, you like somebody and you think somebody's a good business person and you want oh, to emulate yeah. them, like, just right. do it and just own up to own it. Own up to just it. Just be an adult, you know? Yeah. There's people that, like, within my artwork and photography and stuff where I'm like, that is a really cool artist and so, right and they inspire like, I don't, you yeah it's, i don't copy them it's not like you're copying them but necessarily. i learn from them like hello bob ross right we know i'm obsessed we know who doesn't love bob ross honestly anyway elizabeth <laughs> elizabeth also changed her voice and spoke in a deep Very baritone deep. voice Very deep. during most of her public appearances. Co-workers and Gardner say this is not her real voice, but her family is adamant that she's always sounded like that. I don't think so. And I don't know. Theranos employees say no. Theranos really? employees, there are times where she did not speak like Theranos that? Theranos employees stated that she would sometimes fall out of character and use her regular voice, especially after drinking. And oh, okay. in the Hulu, like... Uh, reenactment it's not really it's not a documentary yeah it follows the facts very closely closely? if not perfectly but um like there's a scene where amanda seifert who plays elizabeth is in practicing in the mirror she's practicing her deep voice and she's like hello i'm elizabeth (laughs) hello my name is elizabeth oh god okay (laughs) that's kind of fun by (laughs) december 2004 Elizabeth had raised $6 million for Theranos, and by the end of 2010, that had risen to more than $92 million. That's fast. Yeah. In July of 2011, she met former Secretary of State George Schultz, who joined the board of directors after a two-hour meeting. Elizabeth was recognized for having the most illustrious board in U.S. corporate history. 
other board members included Henry Kissinger, a former Secretary of State, William Perry, a former Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, a future Secretary of Defense, mm-hmm. Gary Ruffhead, a retired U.S. Navy Admiral, Bill Frist, former U.S. Senator, Sam Nunn, another U.S. sorry former U.S. Senator, and former CEOs Dick Kovacevich of Wells Fargo and Riley Bechtel of Bechtel. Mm-hmm. A lot of like high-ranking. Uh, these are some important people. and military and political figures. Yes, these are very important type people. people. Which is like, like I said, was impressive to me because I was like, how did she get these people to sign up? But then hearing about the, the family background and the family background and the grandfathers, that kind of makes sense. Now. Right, and then she had these investors including Tim Draper, a Silicon Valley venture capitalist, who wrote a check for $1 million after hearing Elizabeth's pitch, Rupert Murdoch, the Walton family, Interesting. the DeVos family, including Betsy DeVos, the Cox family of Cox Enterprises, and Carlos Slim Hellu. Mm-hmm. I think that first guy was like... A family friend or something. He was. She was the daughter. She was the son. She was friends with the son. Son. Yes. And Theranos was operated in stealth mode until September 2013, and that means that there were no press releases and no company website. So it was pretty much operating under the radar. That's strange. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth was so obsessed with security that she made all visitors sign a non disclosure agreement or NDA, Mm -hmm. and they were escorted everywhere. Even to the restroom. I had heard about that. And and not allowed to go to certain places. Not allowed to see actual work being done. Right. And her office had bulletproof glass windows. Heard that too. But I didn't know if that was true or... or bulletproof. One of the workers like, said that was a rumor. I didn't she know if it was bulletproof true window? Like, does she really think somebody's going to come shoot up Apparently a she thought so. She also hired a bodyguard that drove her around in a black vehicle. And she ended up getting the nickname Eagle One. Eagle One, yeah, like... Like the president. I get it, like the president. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Well, in September 2013, they finally come out of stealth stealth mode because Theranos announced a partnership with Walgreens for the launch Mm -hmm. of in-store blood sample collection centers. By the way... Which is like a shit show, honestly. In the Hulu thing, I was dying because the Walgreens exec that she talks to about it and everything, Mm -hmm. he... Gets in his car and that Katy Perry song is playing where she's like, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Mm-hmm. And when I tell you the whole time that our old co-worker, your still current co-worker, co-worker. was singing that, I legitimately thought it was a parody of a Katy Perry song. Because I don't no, listen to Katy Perry. I didn't say realize that those are the actual lyrics. Yeah, they say I that was dying. Because he's getting in the car and this, like, plastic bag song's playing. And he's having this moment of, like, he's really, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he's really hyped up and he's really inspired. He's inspired. That's why he's inspired by the song. And then at the end, when everything goes to shit, the song comes on again in the okay. car. And he's all, like sad because he's remembering (laughs) he feels like a plastic bag oh my god so so (laughs) after walgreens uh launched these in-store blood sample collection centers she's interviewed by eric topple for medscape which is a website that provides access to medical information for clinicians and it Mm -hmm. also provides education for physicians and other health professionals 
And Eric, the editor-in-chief, praised Elizabeth for this phenomenal rebooting of laboratory medicine. Wow. In 2014, Elizabeth appeared on the covers of Fortune, Forbes, T. So many. Uh Uh-huh. T, the New York Times style magazine, and Inc. Forbes recognized her as the world's youngest self-made female billionaire with a net worth of $4.5 billion. She was ranked 110 on the Forbes 400. Then in June of 2016, Forbes released an updated net worth of $800 million for her. So kind of a big fall there. That's a big difference. Fortune named her business person of the year and listed her in its 40 under 40 feature. But flash forward to 2016 again, Fortune listed her in an article on the world's 19 most disappointing leaders. (laughs) <laughs> I would say so. I mean, she talked the talk, but she didn't really walk the walk. But she was kind of, she kind of had tasked herself with an impossible task. Mm-hmm. And at this point, 2014-ish, Theranos was valued at $9 billion and had raised more than $400 million in venture capital. Now, venture capital, in case you're not familiar, is a form of private equity financing that is provided by venture capital firms or funds to startups, early stage, and emerging companies that have been deemed to have high growth potential or have already demonstrated high growth. So basically, it's kind of just designated funds that they are putting towards startups. If they see something that looks like a good startup and it sounds impressive, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, she was good at talking up what she Mm -hmm. wanted to do, and she impressed a lot of people. And so her and Sonny are moving up in the world. In, 2000, in 2013, they created an LLC to purchase a $9 million, five-bedroom, seven-bathroom home in Atherton, California. So this house later sold for $15.8 million in January of 2022. I can't even Which should imagine. tell you a little bit about the state of inflation we're in, first of all. And secondly, how Truly. huge this house was. It must have been massive. So another thing that happened in 2013 that isn't so bright and cheery is Theranos' chief scientist, Ian Gibbons, died by suicide. Oh, yeah. And he didn't trust Elizabeth at all. I heard about that. (laughs) And he said that she had lied about everything. And he ended up raising some of his concerns with Channing Robertson, who, as we remember, was Elizabeth's dean and advisor. And he helped her launch uh, Real-Time Cures, which eventually became Theranos. After Ian brought his concerns forward, he was promptly fired, but then he was rehired. Also heard about that. Yep, he was fired and then rehired hours later, but demoted to a lesser um, position. Because he was apparently being too realistic. Yes. About the fact that this was impossible and wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so he ended up becoming depressed over this, as one does, and he began drinking more and more. And he was afraid he'd be fired if he told the truth in his upcoming deposition for court. So he took his own life by overdosing on acetaminophen, which, in case you don't know, is just Tylenol. Tylenol. It's like basically. basic pink reliever. Yeah, and yeah. it's a very uncomfortable and painful way to go from what I've seen. That's insane. Yeah, and he was 67. His wife, Rochelle, blames Elizabeth. Because if he hadn't worked for her, none of this shit would have happened and he'd still be I here. I mean, I completely feel like that's... And then, I mean, I don't know. Right. After he died, 
his wife reached out to Elizabeth to let her know what happened, and she got nothing back. Nothing. I know. I saw that in an interview. Instead, an office manager contacted her to tell her to return Theranos company property. Yeah. She had to return a bunch of documents, and all she did, uh, she said all she did was return them to the front desk, and there was, like, no interaction whatsoever. That's insane. That was it. She just dropped it it off and just peaced out because they didn't, it's like she had no comment. She didn't want to say anything. Right. And, you know, I would honestly, I think if it was me and I had the presence of mind, because, like, you don't, I mean, you don't know what you'd really do in this situation. Right. You don't know what you'll do in any situation until you're in it. But I would hope that if I were in something like that, I would make copies of that shit before I took it back. Took it back. Oh, yeah. I hope she did. For sure. I mean, damn, the least they could have done was, like, send her... They could have sent a courier to pick it up. They could have sent her flowers. They could have, yeah, they could even have sent said her sorry. And then asked someone to go pick the stuff up. Like, hey, we need this stuff. Yeah. Sorry for your loss, but. And then by the end of 2014, Elizabeth appeared on 18 U.S. patents and 66 foreign patents. So she had a neighbor that was fond of being on patents as well. Her neighbor, Richard Fuse, who was an inventor, attorney, psychiatrist, and former CIA agent. Boy, he did some some stuff, yeah. Well, he created a patent for his own medical analyzer that Elizabeth claimed he did out of spite because she didn't go to him for help with her company. That's just... And uh, that's another thing that's like... How about no? It just seems like he'd like to dip his hands in a lot of things. And that's like a big thing on the Hulu thing, too, is this whole argument in battle between the two of them them. like because they were neighbors for a long time and the families were close and so he was like why didn't she come to me for help with this and they made it this whole big thing and who knows what the motivation was behind it who knows what his motive was truly i guess that's true so she ended up filing a lawsuit against him in 2011 and they settled it three years later with neither of them getting anything from it then Elizabeth went on to make agreements with Cleveland Clinic, Capital Blue Cross, and AmeriHealth Caritas to use Theranos technology. And her big selling point was this thing she invented called the Edison device. Mm-hmm. So the Edison device was named that because they figured that they would have to fail 10,000 times before getting it right on the 10,001st try. Try, yeah, which was like something that... Thomas Edison had So they said, Yep, so they named it after him, who? And he was a bit of a scammer himself. I had not realized that until I saw on this documentary I was yeah. watching. And I was like, that's interesting because I never knew that bit of knowledge. Yeah, so Edison, back in the day, he claimed to have solved the mystery of the inca- incandescent light bulb. Uh-huh. But bro was lying. He hadn't solved it. His filaments kept melting. So he ended up faking his demonstrations. And that's an important thing to remember later right. on. And he gave journalists stock in his company to keep them empathetic and therefore quiet. Right. Also, we get a little parallel there. Finally, though, the difference here is that he actually he did solved actually it. Fi- he we did got figure like it out. <laughs> he was faking it, but he did eventually he solve it. He kind of invented the whole fake it till you make, make it, it mindset of yeah. Silicon Valley. So she ends up naming it after him. Well, in comes John Carreyrou, and he is with the Wall Street Journal. So he received a tip from a medical expert who thought that Theranos' Edison blood testing device was suspicious. It's a little sus. Uh, with good reason, from what I saw. Yep. So Kerry Rue began a months-long secret investigation where he spoke to ex-employee whistleblowers and he obtained some company documents. 
Elizabeth found out about the investigation and along with her lawyer, David Boys, tried to stop Carrie Rue from publishing with legal and financial threats against both the journal and the whistleblowers. Now, if y'all are not familiar, David Boys is a big time lawyer and he represented Harvey Weinstein. Ew. Yeah, so do with that what you will. I'm not going to say anything else about him because I don't want him coming after us if he happens to hear this, but true. that's his clientele. Despite the threats, the journal published Carrie Rue's article anyway in October of 2015. They were like, you know what? Fuck y'all. <laughs> we're doing it anyway. In the article, he detailed how the Edison machine gave inaccurate results. He revealed that Theranos had been using commercially available machines manufactured by other companies for most of its testing. So they are like just buying shit from other places and using it right. and trying to Instead pass of it off as the Edison their actual machine. machine mm-hmm. that they manufactured or right. whatever. So they're just lying. And Carrie Rue wrote several other articles detailing the issues with Theranos. Then in 2018, he pub- published a book, which was called Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup. In the book on Holmes, the the neighbor, Richard Fuse, the okay. one that had the patent, right? he's quoted as saying, I intend to seek my revenge and sue the fuck out of them when this is over, and you can guarantee I will not let Elizabeth Holmes have another fucking company as long as she lives. He sounds serious. Yep. He, he's not a fan. He's not a fan. <laughs> Elizabeth, of course, denied the claims. Deny, deny, deny. That's what all these people do. <laughs> she called the journal a tabloid and promised to publish data on the accuracy of her company's tests. She How pe- can you call a an actual journal? journal like an investigative journal a is tabloid. a tabloid. There's a like, difference there's there. There's a really big Huge difference. difference. Big old difference there. You know, there's there's verifiable facts and stuff that go at the journal. Tabloids are just like his aunt's mother's sister's cousin's right. third time removed dog said like, said that this a little happened. bit of a difference. And then Elizabeth appeared on CNBC's Mad Money the same day the article was released and said This is what happens when you work to change things. First, they think you're crazy. Then they fight you. And then all of a sudden, you change the world. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? I can't with that voice. (laughs) That and what does that even mean? Like... Who knows? I don't think she knows. Yeah, she thinks she's this pioneer and she's going to change the world. And people are just being resistant to change because people are stupid. That's more or less what she's saying. More or less what she's saying. (laughs) She's saying people are stupid uh, and I know what I'm doing and I am better than all you. It's like all these people. Yeah, she's just full of it. Like, she's just so full of it. And in January 2016, Theranos was sent a warning letter from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, otherwise known as CMS. <laughs> I can't, still can't with the voice. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I mean, no shade to people that just have, have like a deep, deep voice, yeah. but 
it's not the voice itself. It's the fact that she's so obviously faking it. Like, I'm sorry, but I, I heard her speak in interviews. Uh, so did I. And it's, and it's very, like, like, you can hear, you can yeah. hear the undertone of what her actual voice is. And the fact that she's doing this over it. That's what it sounds like. Uh, anyway. So CMS gets involved. And an inspection of its Newark, California lab showed irregularities with staff, procedures, and equipment. They proposed a two-year ban on Elizabeth owning or operating a certified clinical lab because the company hadn't corrected those errors by March of 2016. Then on the Today Show, Elizabeth stated that she was devastated that they didn't catch and correct the errors faster and said the lab would be rebuilt with help from a new scientific and medical advisory board. That's all lies because she knew it wasn't working. Right. And in July 2016, CMS went ahead and banned her from owning, operating, or directing a blood testing service for two years, and Theranos appealed the decision to a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services appeal board. Soon after, Walgreens ended their relationship with Theranos, and Plastic Bag Man (laughs) drove away, sadly. And Walgreens closed all of its in-store blood collection centers. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, otherwise known as the FDA, also ordered Theranos to stop using one of its inventions, the capillary tube nanotainer. Then in 2017, the state of Arizona filed suit against the company. They alleged that Theranos had sold 1.5 million blood tests to Arizona residents while concealing or misrepresenting important facts about the tests. Yeah, Such as they're not real they're not they weren't as they weren't accurate like she was saying or wanted them to be they just weren't yeah and they were saying like this puts people at like severe risk because if oh, they're yeah. not getting accurate because if they're results, not getting accurate results they could be treated for things they don't have not treated for things they, they do don't have that this, they do this have. can end up killing people yeah oh yeah that's clear misrepresentation and in april 2017 the case was settled with theranos agreeing to refund the cost of the tests to the consumers and to pay two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars in civil fines and attorney fees for a grand total of 4.65 million dollars which is chump change i mean honestly we saw how much money the company really had and elizabeth came from not the humblest of beginnings right she came in the first place so money she doesn't really i mean the money i'm sure she cares because her goal is to be a billionaire but at the same time it's like one of us getting fined five cents right and i think she more or less like okay she said her goal was to be a billionaire but i think more or less she wanted the accolades she just wanted she wanted the money of course because who doesn't want money and then yeah it's like the next Steve Jobs. The next Steve Jobs, basically. Like, a game changer. Like, ooh, I made this machine. Yeah, she changed the world. That people said couldn't be done. In reality, And that's the whole thing. Like, done. her whole thing was built out of spite, basically. Like, I'm going to prove these people, people wrong. wrong. Exactly. Instead of focusing on the realities of the situation. Okay. Like, she could have definitely, she, probably, really been innovative and invented something that was really in great. In a different way. But it just, yes, in a yeah. different way. But she was so focused on this stupid this thing. particular thing, and she could have done something else that could have been just as meaningful. She could have continued her coronavirus testing, and who knows what could have happened. Yeah. So, of course, she still denied any wrongdoing in all of this. Because the girl can't just Craziness. say she's wrong. 
On May 16, 2017, approximately 99% of shareholders agreed to dismiss all current and potential future litigation in exchange for shares of preferred stock. Doesn't that sound familiar? I gave some of my shares to journalists to keep them empathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So preferred stock, in case you don't know, and in case you care, it's a component of share capital that may have features not possessed by like regular common stock, including properties of both equity and debt instrument. They're senior to common stock, but they're subordinate to bonds in terms of rights to the share of the company's assets. So it's just kind of like a step above like common stock. Like you have more of a say in in more of a share of these assets. So I'm not going to go into it too deep. If you're interested in nerding out about bonds and stocks, look it up. Look it up, yeah. Elizabeth also released a portion of her equity. In March of 2018, the Securities and Exchange Commission, otherwise known as the SEC, charged Elizabeth and Sonny with fraud for taking more than $700 million from investors while advertising a false product. They falsely claimed that the company's technology was being used by the U.S. Department of Defense in combat situations. I saw that in the documentary. They said that that it was being used to do that, and it wasn't. It was not. That was a lie. It was not. They claimed to have $100 million in revenue stream in 2014, but actually the company made only $100,000. Hmm. Big difference there. And Elizabeth settled that lawsuit on March 14th of 2018. The terms included surrendering voting control Theranos, returning 18.9 million shares to the company, a ban on holding an officer or director position in a public company for 10 years, and a $500,000 fine. This part reminded me of Billy from Fire oh, Festival, sure. the public company thing. You can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. And then they find a way around it. Right. They get a and loophole. then they do it. And then they, they go to jail like again. Yeah. Idiots. In 2015, Theranos had more than 800 employees, but they dismissed 300 employees. I'm sorry, 340 employees in October 2016 and an additional 155 in January 2017. Then in April 2018, the company filed a Warren Act notice with the state of California. Now, the Warren Act is the Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act of 1988, and that requires that employers with 100 or more employees that they provide them with a 60 calendar day notice of like plant closings or mass layoffs. And it's just a law in California. Right. That, like, if you're going to lay off a shitload of people, you have to tell them you at least 60 days in advance in so that advance. they can make arrangements, which is smart. So, in April 2018... They can't just show up and, like... Right. You can't just there. wreck people's lives with no yeah. notice. So, good on California. I don't know if we have something like that here. But in April 2018, they filed that, and they announced their plans to permanently lay off 105 more employees. That left the company with less than two dozen employees overall. Then most of the remaining employees were laid off in August 2018, and the company announced it had begun the process of formally dissolving on September 5, 2018. Its remaining cash and assets were to be distributed to creditors. On June 15, 2018, a federal grand jury indicted Elizabeth and Sonny on nine counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. They both pleaded not guilty, because again, can we admit that we're can, wrong? They can, nobody can ever take accountability. Mm-mm. Prosecutors allege that the two planned to defraud investors, doctors, and patients. And they did. And they did, all of those things. After, I, go ahead. In that 
I was my my mind was a little bit blown, and I guess we did go over this a, a tad, but like when they were doing the whole Walgreens blood test thing that was mm-hmm. so widely advertised, they literally were out there telling people that they only needed those small samples because that was the the niche, you know. But then they would send them some sort of disclaimer saying, oh, no, for this test, we need... You actually need a syringe. We actually need a syringe. And so people were having to get the syringe anyway. And it was like, what was the purpose of this in the first place mm-hmm. if you have to go back and get the syringe anyway when the whole point was to... Skip that. Skip that step altogether. It didn't make sense. Right. And that's how they were getting around it. And nobody questioned that for a while. And then they were using those other machines, which is why they needed... Right. They, more blood because right, they weren't because using their actual couldn't. machine because it didn't work. Right. And then after the indictment, Elizabeth stepped down as CEO of Theranos, but she remained chair of the board. Which, why didn't they just How kick is that her out? Possible? Like, it doesn't make sense to do that. Then on August thirty first, twenty twenty one, her trial began in the U.S. District Court for Northern District of California with U.S. District Judge Edward Davila presiding. It had been delayed for over a year due to COVID and Elizabeth's pregnancy, which was not Sonny's, by the way. Not Sonny's kid. Okay. Just so we're clear. Elizabeth testified in self-defense for seven days, stating that she was misled by her staff and controlled by Sonny. However, the evidence showed that she had faked demonstrations. Like I said, that's important later. Mm-hmm. We followed an Edison plan and we faked demonstrations of the Edison machine falsified validation reports and overstated the financials at Theranos, like when they said it had $100 million, but it actually only had 100000 Right. On January 3rd, 2022, Elizabeth was found guilty of four counts of defrauding investors on three counts of wire fraud and one of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. She was found not guilty on four counts of defrauding patients, again, three counts of wire fraud and one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. The jury returned a no verdict on three counts of wire fraud against investors. The judge ended up declaring a mistrial on those counts and they were dismissed. So really all she got were these four counts, the three counts of wire fraud and the one count of conspiracy. Okay. So Elizabeth is awaiting sentencing while remaining at liberty on $500,000 bail secured with property. She faces a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison and a fine of $250,000 plus restitution for each count of wire fraud and each conspiracy count. So that's four counts, 20 years each. However, she would most likely serve them concurrently, which means at the same time, instead of consecutively, like Like back to back. So instead of going to jail for actually 80 years, the max is still 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She was originally scheduled to be sentenced on October 17th, 2022, so just a couple weeks ago, but she filed to overturn her conviction on May 27th, stating that there was insufficient evidence to sustain the convictions. And then in early September, a judge denied the request, and she requested a new trial, claiming that a key witness had shown up to her house to tell her that he felt guilty about his testimony. I mean, who gives a shit? Maybe he does feel guilty, who cares? Feel guilty. Move on with your life. Yeah. You shouldn't feel guilty testifying against somebody who lied and defrauded and scammed. A bunch of people. And and even, and here's the thing, like, in the health industry, do you know what I mean? And saying you were doing this to help people, 
Right, and actually you were hurting And actually them. you were not, because if you're not giving people accurate results, that's messing up... A lot of stuff. A lot of things for them. It means more than the, the whole them saving money and not having to get poked with a big long needle and... So, her sentencing has been rescheduled now for November 18th. So, in a couple weeks, a couple weeks. we're going to know what she got sentenced to. And we're going to have, have an update, update for everybody. And I hope she gets the max. Truly. So, here's the thing. In early 2019, I mean, her and Sonny aren't together anymore, of course. Her and Sonny broke up in, uh, what was it, like 2016 or something? So in early 2019, Elizabeth gets engaged to this William Billy Evans, an heir to Evans Hotels, which is a family-owned group of hotels in the San Diego area. So she's still, you know, Seeking she's, out that yeah, money, she's, I guess, yeah, she's or still, fame or whatever. She's still in that same circle. Yeah. So they're thought to have married in a private ceremony in mid-2019, although they haven't confirmed it. Mm-hmm. And some people call them partners or boyfriend-girlfriend, and some people say they're married, so who the hell knows? Who knows? And they live in San Francisco, and they had a baby boy together in July 2021. And then a second pregnancy was reported in October say, of 2022. So again. just I recently, just she that. said she's pregnant again. So that might be, I don't know, maybe they were planning the baby, or maybe since she had the baby, the first baby, she didn't want to go to prison and not be around her kids. Maybe that's why she filed for the 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 new trial and right. overturning her conviction overturning. and who knows if anybody actually showed up to her house and said they felt guilty or not because maybe she <laughs> maybe, made all that shit up because she wants to get out of jail maybe she just was trying to get out of going to jail to stay home with her kids which is understandable but no you you just have to face the consequences suck it up and face of what your you've consequences. done yeah yeah so then i was like well okay what happened to sunny then because every article i read was like elizabeth 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 and i was yeah, like well, what what happened to sunny i mean him. where's yeah, his stuff so i dug into him a little bit his trial ended up running from march 2022 to july 7th 2022 so they didn't have trials together they had different times different ones okay. and his ended with him being convicted on all 12 counts all 12. So she only got four and he got 12. Excuse me, what? And I think it's probably because of the fact that he was like an app developer and everything prior to her because he's so much older than her that right. I think probably the whole he was the mastermind behind They're it. holding him more accountable yeah. because they're saying right. that he... He was older and more knowledgeable and should have known better and I think they think that he knew was more kind than of she knew and he... Controlling a little bit. Should have stepped in so, and been like, hey. And, I, and I'm only speculating. I have no yeah. idea if that's why that happened. I mean, who but, knows? But I would imagine maybe she did convince them a little bit that he controlled a lot of this stuff and so they were holding him accountable for it. But either way, um, they are going to be sentenced together. So even though they didn't have trials together and they hate each other and she claims he was abusive and he just says she's a lying bitch. Bitch, yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I mean, they pro- they, they're both at fault here. Truly. Yeah, they both did. When it comes down to it. They definitely both did some They did their fair share and they of know wrong it and, things. Yeah. You know, it, it, they, whatever sentencing they get they deserve so that would be the story of elizabeth holmes and we're gonna have an update for you in a couple weeks because she's gonna be sentenced unless That'll of course it gets pushed I'm off sure. again but who knows i don't think it will because it's a little yeah. late for that it but yeah it's down to the wire now i couldn't see that happening but yeah and and we'll have that update when it does happen so 
Guys, uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you listening. We appreciate our supporter and anybody that writes to us. Uh, guys, if you want to, if you feel so inclined, rate and review us. You know, mm-hmm. that helps other people that come to see our podcast. They see that we have a good rating and good reviews, and that makes them more inclined to listen. Spread through word of Spread mouth. The word. Tell yeah. your friends. Tell them to listen and subscribe. Talk about it. If you want to talk to us, we're on social media. Facebook, we're at um, Too Good to Be True Podcast. On Instagram, we're at Too Good to Be True Pod. If you want to shoot us an email, tell us a story, uh, give a suggestion of a case or a subject you want covered. If you have questions, if you we want to give us any feedback, send us an email. If you want to give us feedback but you don't want to go through that hassle, there is a survey link. In the show notes, it's four questions. They're really easy questions. Very like short. It's like one-sentence answers yeah. if you want to answer them. You can send that to us. You just fill it out. I'll get the results. And what else? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. We just look and, forward uh, to hopefully getting more... Listeners, yeah. And listeners, if you guys more want emails, to... We want more input. Right. We, we, wanna we hear, love the we emails. We want to hear from people because yeah, we that really one time we got an email was very exciting. Yes, we want to hear from people. So definitely reach out to us. And if you feel like supporting us, there's a support button in the... Well, there's a, not a support button. There's a link in the show notes. Yeah. And there's a button on the actual... Like, if you go to our main page... Mm-hmm then you'll see a button to support us. You can pick your amount and send us a monthly amount to help us get better sound equipment and soundproofing and stuff like that. If you are in any way interested in possibly having subscriber-only content as well, let us know. Because we have a few ideas that we we've been tossing around. That, but it's like... And the basis of that would yeah. be you pay us a little, like maybe a dollar a month or so for extra content that isn't available to anyone else mm-hmm. that that isn't paying that. And it can just be like extra, like whatever, like it can be like interacting with you guys. Maybe we can set up like a WhatsApp or something where people can call us and actually call yeah, in and talk cool. to us. Or we can just do fun things like just random stuff. And it doesn't have to be scam or fraud involved. involved. Like just, if you guys just have anything. something stupid that you would like us to talk about for like, a half an hour yeah you want to ask us questions about our personal lives and just have us talk some shit yeah like, we're happy to do that well we can watch movies and tv shows about scammers like catfish or like wolf of wall street and yeah, stuff we have and a break lot it of down and give ideas. reviews yeah. i mean if there's anything that you guys are interested in please let us know i monitor the emails I mean, I'm not, like, sitting on my phone all day hoping mm-hmm. that an email comes in, but I get notified. So if you guys want to send us an email, the email is toogoodtobetruepod at outlook.com. Again, Facebook and Instagram. You can also DM us or send us a message or comment on any of our posts, episode discussion. So We would love that. Yes, we would. Anyway, we will let you go now because we've talked enough. Yes, we <laughs> for look one forward day. to giving you more content. Right. So we're enjoying ourselves. As usual. If it seems too, too good, good to, to be, be true, true, it is. It is. <laughs> there was a guy 
dumping stuff from one thing into another thing and it was like shooting out this shooting out the back of whatever that vehicle was into like a like a what are those scoopy trucks called the ones with the you know my brain is not working right now yeah into like a bat it was spraying the stuff into a backhoe but it was not whoever these two guys were were not in sync and the shit was going all over the road like all over the road and literally they're letting cars through and i'm going somebody's car is gonna get hit by this debris like what I was watching this go down, and me and Jay, Jay's like, so you saw all that, too? And I was like, yeah? Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, literally, these guys were not doing their jobs. <laughs> they were just not, Ugh. I don't know, it wasn't good. They weren't meeting up in the middle. It was kind of a mess, and it was just shit all over the road. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, had a car been going through when that happened, it would have got nailed with all these, like, little <laughs> stones. Like, they don't pay attention. That's like that one day I was telling you. That stupid tree trimmer guy was right outside <laughs> uh, Main Street, Front Street, whatever the hell it's called, while I was going to work, and he, he was not paying attention, and his pole was just in the middle of the road. Oh like, he God. backed up, and the pole just went straight in front of my car. I remember and I, you saying Yeah, because I was just thinking, I'm like, I just about killed this child, and the last things he would have heard was, to the window, to the walls. <laughs> Sweat dropped down my ball. 